Hello, hunters, and welcome back to the Ultimate Fictional Character Podcast. I am Matt Acevedo, joined as always by my amazing co-host, Frankly underscore Emily, or Emily Rose Jacobson. It's just force to have it. I'm sorry, I'll fix that. And Christian underscore Humes. I had to do it because I did it for Emily. What's up, guys? <laughs> I was in my head. I was like, is he going to do it this time? I don't I know just, when this I wasn't started. I not sure who was going to be first. Uh, I don't know. It was great. I'm excited to be here. This is a division match. I mean, yeah. Season this is big three. D2. Mighty Tux, D2. Division 2 finals. Um, which means after this episode, we're halfway through the season. It, we have half of our. We have 30. We've gone down to two characters from 32, and there'll be 32 more characters that we have left to whittle down. That's half a season with Emily, dude. Yeah, that's exciting. I feel like it's been flying by this season. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's just COVID, man. COVID's been like... Yeah. uh, I feel like, you know, Mass Effect, we just recorded with Mark Mir like last week, but it was April, and I'm like, what? (laughs) You know? It's wild. It's wild. March was definitely the longest month, and then every other month since then has just been like, beep, beep, beep. That's right. And we had so much to talk about with all these characters. I think we've come a long way. It's been, it's been, we've had some big hitters, some big challenges, some big fights. So, and uh, four competitors who have fought their way to make mm-hmm. it to this moment. And one of them will be crowned the Division Two victor. And yeah. we'll go and off. They'll go to on this. to face Snoopy in the, the Snoop- quarterfinals. That's right. Final four. Yeah. Guys, let's do it. Are you ready for this challenge? I'm ready. Um, Heck yes. Who are the first two combatants? This one, uh, Christian, I'm going to let you introduce this first person because uh, uh, you, I'm not, I, I, oh, I got. We have a name. We share a similar namesake. That would be Chris Turk. That's right. He's a Christopher. I'm Christian. He's Christopher Turk. Uh, Dr. Christopher Turk to you. Uh, chief of Surgery, by the way. So that would be Dr. Christopher Turk, Chief of Surgery from the hit television show Scrubs. That's right. But he is going to be going up against. You know her. She's stretchy. She's got she's got a family that she's got to protect. She's got a code. She's doing she's doing what she has to do for her family. It's Elastigirl. Pew, 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 pew. Let's do it. I mean, look, we've talked about who these characters are already. That's like mm-hmm. the fun thing about these matches is we don't really need to spend as much time. Like, obviously, we'll bring up anything that we haven't talked about them. Yeah. And we're trying to, you know, figure out what, what feats we haven't quite discussed. But, um... So, so here's the thing I was thinking about. Elastigirl. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I see how she won her episode, mm-hmm. um, which I think she she really kind of went through the ringer on. It wasn't necessarily like a cakewalk. It, I do wonder, because The Incredibles is kind of built on the idea that you know of superheroes. It's not like we're introducing the idea of like every character in there is sort of based on superheroes and powers and things that came before. Yeah. So like, what is the thing that makes Elastigirl extra special? Like, does she... Like, does she really stand out as a character, you guys think? Or is it The Incredibles that stands out as, like, a series? Is this, like, thing that, like, they essentially created a superhero team, kind of like the Fantastic Four? It's, like, superhero family? Or is it more that just, like, because we put her in the bucket, we're talking about her? Like, I just... Does she... Does, how how well does this character stand out? Because she's pretty pretty good, right? I think I think if you look at Pixar female characters... Mm. She is definitely in the top five. Okay. She is up there. Yeah. I mean, I put her up there with um, the daughter from Inside Out or Happiness. 
I guess you could say joy. Either, mm-hmm. either one of those. Joy. Sorry. Thank you. Joy. I was or like, Dory. Right. I guess. <laughs> um, Dory. Moana is not Pixar. But Moana's pretty great. Disney. Merida. Moana's. Uh, nobody remembers the good dinosaur. Pixar wants us to forget about the good There's dinosaar. There's also like no girls in the good dinosaur. There's Ar- a sister mom, dinosaur. Right? His There's sister? a sister too. I thought it was just his mm. mom and his dad and then the dad died. No, he had an older brother and I think like a younger sister. Or an older sister, and he was the youngest. But this is about Elastigirl. We're talking about Elastigirl. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a second, what are we doing here? Um, so, yeah, I guess, I guess. Then, if you talk about it that way, she is a standout. That's funny. It's at some point, I think the Disney stuff has gotten really good. The Disney animation, mm-hmm. because yeah. you you point that out. I would say if you put her in the mix of the Disney characters, then it becomes a much tougher race for her. Um, I will say this: like, I feel like she is very much a. I think in a lot of media, you get a lot of like father daughter or father son stories you sometimes sure. get mom stories mom with kids but it's usually mom as part of a nuclear family or mom dies yeah or lots like, oh. of moms die in disney this mom don't die this but to mom be fair, has, I guess dad's is died. dad's died too dads are usually just not there yeah <laughs> it's like a shonen like a, like a shonen anime yes the dads are just usually not there the moms will die, but the dads are just gone already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or some dad, some dads die too, yeah. Or, or, or else dads just Mufasa. live like, like, like with Bambi, right? Like, Bambi's mom died. But where's Bambi's dad? Oh, not he, even, no, it's not even a question. He's a true shonen character. The, he's the king of the forest. He appears sometimes. But it's he's like, I will meet like you on the top of this dad. rock when you are old yeah. enough, Bambi. Meet me Bambi. when you after you've gone through the Hunter Association and become a hunter. <laughs> But I'll say this, like, I think in a, I think it's really refreshing to have a mom character sure. be so stand out, have so much heart, but also you get to see, I lo- like, yeah, the second movie, I still think I love the original Incredibles. I think that one will always oh, be yeah. like a yeah. core favorite of mine. I think the second one, though, does in a healthy way delve into this whole idea of like, if you had the chance to pursue this career that you were told you couldn't do anymore, not because you're going to be a mom, but just because the government said you can't be a superhero anymore. So she becomes a mom, and she and, and she has a family, and all of a sudden you're given this opportunity back. Like, yeah, she struggles with it at first, but she has such a like a loving and supportive partner that she learns how to like balance it. And yeah, she gets a little ahead of herself. She's not perfect. She's not this perfect character. She yeah. has to learn from her kids. She has to learn. Uh, to, to trust her husband even though when that trust is like broken yeah. but she's also a good character in that she she knows she's like even though bob like breaks her trust like horribly and she assumes that essentially he's cheating on her which is like if you've been in that situation where all of a sudden your gut starts to tell you that your so is like cheating on you it is honestly one of the worst feelings in the world because you're just like this has either got to be confirmed or not and so she goes through all that and she's dealing, she's trying to keep a face on for her kids. I think she's just such like, you don't see a lot of, of, of moms portrayed in such, I will say this, like a spectrum. Mm. A, she's, she's very much fleshed out. She's such a fleshed out mom character. She's not just there to offer sage advice. She's there to make mistakes. She's there to learn. She's there to learn from her kids. She's there to protect her husband no matter what, till death do us part. I'm going to stand by you even though you make me upset but we're going to talk about it later. And then he supports her so much in the second film too. So it's like, not only is like a mom in a healthy marriage too, but yeah, sorry. I just got like a frog in my throat and I got to drink something. I can't continue. That's that. So, I mean, ultimately what that means though, then is she does stand out from the Incredibles as her own person, which I think you could also safely say that, 
Chris Turk does as well within Scrubs. So something something I was thinking about recently was his character goes through the kind of character growth you want the main character to go through, but obviously can't because if it does, then there's no conflict remaining in the show. And then the show has to end. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like JD is a great character and someone that if he's not in the bucket, I don't know if I actually put him in there, but um, he should be. But one of the problems that JD has as a main character on a sitcom is his character growth takes so much longer and yeah. it's so much slower because he has to keep making the same mistakes over and over and he has to be self-defeating. And as much as Chris Turk gets in his own way, as all people do, he stops doing that and he learns from it faster and faster and faster. And that's why he grows. I mean, ultimately ends up being the chief of surgery at the hospital. Like, I mean, this is a guy who was like a joke when the show started and like didn't take things seriously and was like a bit of a goofball. But even when the show started as someone who's watching through the first season, almost done with the first season, even in the first season alone, he's like, he's coming to terms where like, you know he can't save everyone and he and it, that oh, yeah. and like he can't let that affect his everyday and like you know and that he, he you know he has his way of doing things the other surgeons have their way of doing things and he like in the first season alone i've already seen him like really grow um but still keep like his lightheartedness and stay that positive attitude uh i i mean i think his win last time was justified i was i was watching the show i'm like oh, oh that's well, crazy here well he's pretty dang good he's pretty dang great <laughs> Yeah, I do think, I think ultimately, especially the stuff you said, Emily, both of these characters have a lot of heart. And yeah. so for that reason, I think we almost need to like try to talk about them in a different way okay. if we're going to ever finish this episode. Because yes. otherwise, I think we could just talk about how good, like I'm just realizing right now, like they're, they both are so incredibly capable of like empathy and learning and growth that I think any conversations around that, we're just, it's, we're not going to, we're not going to find anything different because they're yeah. both, that's like what they excel at. Right. Um, and it, although she's saving the world, like he's saving people like it, you can't compare those things. You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of a wash. So we do need to we need to kind of figure out, like, I guess, what is the difference maker between them? That's the question, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because, like, I think it's tough because, like, if you talk about, like, the day to day, like what what well, what makes these characters interesting outside of their occupation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. This is part of the place where it gets a little harder, I think, for maybe Elastigirl because we don't like outside of her superhero stuff, we don't know much about her except for her like, you know, you know, she's being in many ways the head of the household, at least on the like level of like I make sure like everything is running. I make sure my husband is like okay and he's like not being depressed because he can't, you know, do his job and like I need to find some fulfillment in my own life, but I also have to make sure my kids are doing okay and like they're also dealing with like having superpowers in a world that doesn't like that and like she has all of that going on but we don't actually get to see it we just have to kind of interpret it yeah i also like it's one of those things they kind of they give her it seems like she has kind of a light friendship with edna mode and they give her she starts to befriend the female scientists in the sequel well, you really don't guy. see like her have any other relationships i will say this she doesn't really have they don't really give her any other relationships that are really fleshed out and separate from the story outside of her life. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of her family life. And that's, that's what I think. I think that's actually interesting that you mentioned that because in some ways, and this is, I mean, this is a great thing for, it's a great thing about her character, but I don't know if it's a great thing for her character in the idea idea of being an ultimate fictional character, because Mm -hmm. it's like, she gives up that part of her life, which makes her probably a better ultimate character but mm-hmm. like for her story it's like oh well that's like a really interesting thing but then 
it's that's it it's like isolated into that facet of her and there's like no other discussion around it because you're you're right you did i didn't think about like her interpersonal relationships are so limited because she basically was like well i have to take care of my family and like like we don't see her active like on the p we can assume that maybe she's active on the pta we can assume that maybe she has friends with her the, her her kids friends parents i wouldn't want to get into argument with Alaska girl no way a woman <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah, Oof. we never we never see her interact. I think yeah, just to see her interact with Dash's teacher, who's not very nice. We see her talk with Edna Mode, who she kind of has like a familiar relationship with, it, but isn't like, hey, let's go hang out and go get coffee this weekend. She does start to get that friendship, like we said in the se- in the sequel. But yeah, ends up becoming the villain. Uh, she kind of has a guard up too. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like if you did have a hang with her like that, I feel like there'd be a little bit of like. I do feel like, and it's totally earned because she has a lot of like real concerns to have, but I feel like she has a bit of like a suspect about everyone. She's kind of like, what's your angle here? What do you go <laughs> like with everyone she talks to? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense. Um, and I think that might be in some ways where Turk excels. Like, yeah, he works his buns off. You know, he works really hard every day, but like JD shows up and is like, I want to be giant doctor. He's like, hop on my shoulders stand up there he's like <laughs> i want to ride eagle and he's like you can ride eagle jump on my back put your wings out and scream eagle and i'll run you around like you're flying like a bird like he's he's very good at doing that but just like i mean that's almost like his family relationship how she has that with her family but then you see him go out like to the bar and he's like the life of the party and like he knows how to like get along with a, like the nerdy people the cool people like he knows how to throw down i think yeah but that, I mean, that's obviously, and this is where it, it gets tough. That's that's like, it's just, he has the opportunity to show those parts of the character because he's on this long-running show. Like, we don't get to see that. About yeah. So there's an advantage think... to that, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely an advantage. It's tough. For me, what makes Turk so great is his ability to see in the other person's shoes. You know, like, mm. he's, uh, he's able, you know, I don't know if, if you're familiar with this M, but like every department and like the hospital is kind of like their own in a way, like a click. And he kind of breaks down mm-hmm. those barriers and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, in the beginning at least. Uh, yeah. And you know, I think the, like the, the amount of failure that he, he faces are, is such a heavy, cause he literally feels like someone's life is literally in his hands. Like the first time I think only ha- it only happened like once when I've so far in the show, but like, you know, he, he couldn't save someone. And like, I'm sure that's going to happen again um, yeah. as a surgeon. That, that was like the whole morals that like, like you can't save everybody, but that's not like, like you can't like learning how to accept that and then move on. Like, it's just like, that takes a lot. Yeah. That takes so much. It, it actually like gave me a, another, like res- not respect. I've always respected and understood doctors, but another I guess insight into like in the actual medical field. And I was like, man, yeah. Like they have to deal with this so much. I never thought about it because, like, why? Why would I think about it? Cause I'm not, in, you know what I mean. But which I'll say, the medical community heavily praises that show. They say more than anything, more than ER, Grey's Anatomy, House, anything. They said Scrubs is the most accurate thing of what it's like working in the hospital, and they get so many things right all the time. Obviously, I would imagine the goofiness is probably a notch higher than what is real than your average yeah. hospital. Um, yeah. But that's, I think that's part of why it works so well is because it, it, because it, it comes off as genuine because it is sort of genuine. Um, I will say Christian, 
Let's hear There's it. something you said during the last last girl fight that I just can't get out of my head. Mm. And that it's basically Incredibles 2 is very much a copy-paste plot plot outline of Incredibles 1. Yeah. Where it's like kids got to save yeah. the day. There's something more sinister going on with the villain. Yeah. It's very much like a very similar film, which is hard because it's like, well, now you just kind of have, you have Elastigirl in Bob's shoes. She kind of learns the same things he does. And it's tricky because it's like, oh, man, I wish we could have seen her. I mean, I think she's also battling, like, feminism. And I think that was, like, a big thing they tried to bring in, too. But almost those stories are too similar in that we don't get to see another shade of growth from her as we do from Turk throughout different episodes and different seasons. Like, time, like, amount of content aside, they chose to tell a very similar story with this character that didn't allow them to, we didn't get to explore them in too much of a different light. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, versus like Turk, who we're always seeing new facets of, he's being challenged in different ways. It's not like JD goes through something and then Chris Turk then has to go through the same exact thing and he learns like the same lesson, but a slightly different way. Like, no, like they give him his own problems to deal with. They give him his own arcs and stuff to deal with where it feels like, and you can blame writing all you want, but it's just hard to compare these characters when just thinking about well, I mean, that. And but it's that's, like that—that that is what we're like. I mean, that's—it's not blaming writing. Like all they, all the characters are fictional. None of them are real anyway. So like, if we're if we're criticizing the writing of it, then like that is that is sort of the limit of the character. Mm-hmm. So that's that's fair to say. It's not that's not like a cheap shot at the writing because right. that's like like all these characters are written. So yeah, that's a totally good point to make. Um, Which yeah, puts me that... much more leaning into the Chris Turk. Uh, Chris Turk terrain, the Turk terrain. Yeah, yeah man. It, that point also just reminds me of the Mario Snoopy fight, which was like Mario and Snoopy had so many things in common, but Mario really sort of needs to exist in the Mario universe to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and without it, 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 his character, like you know, it's it's funny, like you can plug him into other things, but it has to be Mario fied for it to work. Whereas, like, I feel like you could put Snoopy in a variety of different things. Like, obviously, it might not make sense to have, a you know, a he's not really talking, but a dog that acts like a human. But his character, like, what his character embodies could fit into many different molds. I feel like you could actually do that with Chris Turk. Like, he could be in a, like, you know, his, his story being a doctor could be something like that. But I think Elastigirl kind of has to be a hero. Otherwise, she's a mom, which that's that kind of was the plot of like the. I mean, that's kind of like the plot that she deals with. Yeah, you know. Yeah, she's that's that's her like that is her struggle. Like, she doesn't want to be normal. Like, you know, she wants to be incredible. I think because why you know I get it, I get it, dude. And maybe you can be incredible, but maybe that doesn't make you the ultimate fictional character. (laughs) Oh. And then Christian just, you guys, you can't see it because this is an audio-based platform. He just literally removed his mic from the stand and dropped it on the ground. <laughs> yeah, dude, you got to pick that up. <laughs> we usually try expensive. to come to consensus oh. before having just like a like an ending statement or anything, but I couldn't miss I, the opportunity. God, and it felt so like good. we were on the same page. I mean, I don't think we need to stretch this out any longer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, are we ready? Do we feel good? I'm ready. She's off to the Gex graveyard. <laughs> oh my god! 
<laughs> is that are we making that the thing now is it the gex graveyard i don't know all oh. i know is when i start streaming soon once I, once I move other the first thing i'm doing Do is not play how oh i can play gex figuring out how i can get gex one two and three and i'm doing a, a playthrough well that. somehow christian was able to insert gex into here and i hate it <laughs> uh what a terrible terrible franchise uh gex is oh gosh now i'm thinking about gex elastigirl is, uh, is now off the table and chris turk is eagling his way to the next round. Woo. Honestly, I think I might be a little surprised by that outcome, but it, not not after the conversation. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I mean, she. I love. I love the Incredibles. So. <laughs> yeah, man. You know. Um, Same. Yeah. Who is next? This oh. next one, guys. This next one, you you know him. He's he's very very cute. He's just trying to make a living in uh in uh, uh downtown. You know, uh, on Skid Row, he's growing a, a very friendly, singy plant that eats humans. We're talking about Seymour Krellborn. And Seymour Krellborn's going up against, you may remember her as the, as the Mandalorian who defeated the Red M&M in a vicious <laughs> battle. It's Sabine Wren, wielder of the Darksaber. Uh, savior of the planet Mandalore. That's right. In many ways. Um, okay. I have to bring something up. Oh. I had never seen the... So I knew about it, but I never watched, like actually watched the alternate ending to Little Shop of Horrors. Mm -hmm. And this didn't come up during the previous episode and had it come up during the previous episode. I don't know if it would have swung the conversation the other way, but it I certainly would have... Maybe you, maybe maybe not. At the very very it, at the very the... very beginning, I said like, oh, and the, mm. it has two different endings. So it depends on the ending. I said it but real I... fast in passing. No, no. So I knew that, but I never actually saw the other ending. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so I didn't understand the gravity of that situation. <laughs> you know, oftentimes alternate endings aren't so alternate. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, the alternate <laughs> ending, he does not defeat Audrey too, which was like I feel like a big part of what is like win hinged on was that he was able to overcome this thing and in fact audrey 2 eats him it eats audrey uh and they these alien plants take over the earth they they gobble up entire cities and destroy the planet um so it's a big detail similar, right there yeah he's both a hero and the destroyer of the world <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting. So that actually is the original stage version ending. That's what I. That's what I was told, but I wasn't certain. And it meant so, I would say that check. that would the, that's that considered... ending test, tested so poorly in theaters that they had to rewrite a happier ending for audiences to like it. Which is funny because it's it's an adaptation of a Broadway musical. Yeah, the Broadway musical. That's why I was like, yeah, this is a dark character who like does not win. <laughs> wow. So we got it's, that. Uh, we got. We're taking that into consideration. I mean, he's going up against Sabine Wren, and Sabine, as we've discussed, is just such one. Of, I think one of the best Star Wars characters. Well, she is. But to be fair, I just realized. I mean, I brought this up the last time. She also created a weapon that was the destruct, the almost destruction of her entire race of the Mandalorians. Uh, she created a weapon for the Empire, which they then used to almost wipe out all of Mandalore. So, you know, let's, well, I guess I guess that's kind of a wash in some ways that they both, they both do a bad. <laughs> they both did a, a, not on purpose, but they both did a bad thing. Yeah, man. Um, 
I don't know. Where, where do we start with? Because they're so wildly different. Obviously, Seymour has a similar problem that um, a last girl, Mrs. Incredible, has in that he's like limited in scope. Mm-hmm. But you know, something we've gone back to is that like that really there needs to be a way in which we can have a discussion in which we're like well actually it doesn't matter if they're limited in scope they're still better character but as you brought up like with miss incredible that was a big point she got two stories and they did the same thing basically which yeah. that is it's just tough it's a little yeah. rough for your female characters yeah it's like if we got another thing with seymour would he do the same thing is there more to him or is yeah. he what is his oh, does yeah. he warrant a sequel is there more to his story or is this just his story what do you think he yeah. did after he defeated Audrey too in the ultra in the movie ending, I mean he's he's wanted for so long to be able to just be allowed to like live, like his whole story wasn't it, his whole story like being on Skid Row with everyone there is like he had to work so hard just to be able to like exist, and now like the idea that he could go and exist and like not have to essentially like have to like fear for his safety or his well being, I would think. Maybe he doesn't do anything great, but that doesn't necessarily mean he does nothing. I think I think the happy ending, it's very much like, oh, well, he gets the love of his life. He he realizes that, like, oh, there are worse things out there than, like, some of the little petty things. And I should be thankful for what I have. And I should just try and make the best with what I've got. And just essentially, like, love is what you need. Essentially, that's the end of that happy ending. The original ending, though, the theatrical, the the musical ending and the rejected theatrical ending is much more very, it's much more Grecian and it's in its ending where it's like, nope, you got to pay for your, you, you fed people to this plant. It's not like Seymour kept walking in and Audrey was just, it's, he's not innocent in the story. So because of the story, he has to pay. It's very Grecian where like you're, you're. If you're not innocent, you have to pay for your misdeeds. You have to pay for your sins. So he does. I like and... it better when he gets away with it. <laughs> I mean, we all do. We all want to live in a world where if we make a mistake or if we do something bad, we don't have to live with the consequences. But that's Little Shop. It's like yeah. Seymour thought he could find Seymour. He, it's like essentially like the devil tempted him. He said, all right, well, this won't be too bad, but this will help me get where I need to go. Like, we all fall into temptation sometimes. Man, this is getting biblical on my end. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he falls into temptation. And ultimately, like, it's the devil went down to Georgia situation. It's like, ah, give the devil so, his due. To, so, that, so Seymour Crowborn's a cautionary tale. Yeah. It is. It is. And, like, even, you know, I think, like, even if with the happy ending, he goes on and just lives his life normal. There's no, I, I feel think, like yeah. it, it seems... It's I don't not think like so. He's I think like... he's too ambitious. You think he's too ambitious? Like, he works his butt off, like, to get out of Skid Row, but I don't think um, you can do what he did without the ambition and determination that he has to work his butt off and be willing to do whatever it meant, even if that meant, like, dragging and chopping up a dead body to Murder. feed to a plant. <laughs> well, he didn't kill him. I know, but still... That guy killed himself, and he was going to kill Seymour. So that I mean, you're basically saying, I didn't feed alcohol to the alcoholic. I just bought it at the store and left it at the door. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, wait, didn't, didn't the guy put the gas mask on himself? The dentist? The dentist causes his own death. Seymour could have yeah. stopped it. He could have yeah, stopped it. Yeah, he could have stopped it. But he didn't. He didn't. Because that guy, Seymour, is a jerk. But he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know what? I will say... 
when you feed a plant blood <laughs> and it's like moving its lips like it just had a great meal. Is this if you give a mouse a cookie? <laughs> yeah, you don't do that again, right? It's like, what are you doing? It's kind of like a big flop. But that's it's just crazy. It's crazy, dude. It's crazy. Well, I think you compare that to, to Sabine, someone who also has created a monster, a monster of somebody else's destruction, even though she is not using the device to personally murder or hurt people. It is her own creation and is a thing that she willed into existence that she was like, look at this, I'm going to... She had the idea to, like, to construct this thing, to build this super powerful, like, when mm-hmm. you play with fire, when you build something very powerful, you are playing with fire. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, if you're a good guy, it will be used in a good, quote-unquote, way. But it can always fall into malicious hands. Same with anything. I mean, it's the same thing we could get into the whole good guy with a gun theory. Like, there yeah. is, it's it depends on who is wielding the weapon. I think that's, I, yeah, but, like, I think Sabine's is a bit more justified. Like, well, no, no, I'm well, getting to in, that. Like, in, like, oh, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. World, yeah. I'm just saying that, yeah, like basically instead, like she goes and she, she pays for that mistakes. So that mistake yeah. wrecks her internally. Yeah, exa- yeah. And then she goes and she fights back and she tries to make a retro, she tries to make amends for her past mistakes. She looks at that monster that she's created and she says, I'm going to stop that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and I think that's the difference. I mean, I mean she, she they could have killed her thing. off in Star Wars Rebels, and that but would have it's... been real sad. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say Seymour does a very similar thing, but it, it's it's forced upon him more than it is with her. She ultimately mm-hmm. had to choose to go back there. Um, you know, there's moments where she could make different choices, but she, she does a much better job portraying that than he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, she does a better job not becoming the cautionary tale mm-hmm. that Seymour ultimately does become even like win or lose depending on the like regardless of the ending right like he's still a cautionary tale yeah <laughs> like, right because even in the one where he defeats audrey too it's like this close this close to to also dying um and also having audrey one almost eaten like very close either way so that's not necessarily a great thing who who do you think though you'd rather hang out with I'd rather hang out with Sabine. Sabine. Yeah. Like, I got to say, I think I think the next, I mean, I think we could go through and do more things, but. I think we're in an agreement here. I think we're in agreement, yeah. She's just better than him, right? Like, yeah. Just in, in most ways, like, even, <laughs> even the places where they, like, have similarities. And I don't, I don't, I don't think it's because there's more to talk about with her. He's, he's an accident waiting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is, man. It's not like he creates I, the flower. It's the flower just comes to him. Yeah, and, right. Yeah, it's just, it's like, is it like, what, could this, could Little Shop exist without Seymour? I think so. I think that's tricky. Can Star Wars Rebels exist without Sabine? I don't think so. I don't think so, man. She's a key component. Sure, yeah. I feel good about it. I think the next fight's yeah, gonna I be, will be a, too. we got a lot to talk about. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Christian, can you do me the honors? I'm gonna, I'm gonna open my mouth. Can you uh, uh, feed me, gonna, feed me Seymour? Feed by the legs. Feed me Seymour. As as Audrey too would say, tough tough titties Seymour. No 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 no. Delicioso. <laughs> Sabine is moving on to face Chris Turk in the finals of season three, division two. Let's go. This is a good match. They're wildly different characters. Yeah, they're they really wildly are. different characters. 
Um, we know how great both are. I don't think yeah. we need to talk about like their no. uh, like we can uh, you know I don't think we need to go into detail about their accomplishments. And we, we also don't aware. need to talk about like cultural impact representation because they both are serving two completely right. underrepresented uh, communities you know, representing women, also like specifically like young women, intelligent women, and same for black men. Like they both, so there's no way to compare those mm-hmm. or their impact. You know <laughs> that is. That is something. Um, so we just need to suss out who they are. Yeah. So mm. who's going to win in a fight? Sabine. Sabine would win yeah. in a fight easily. I think it'd be is close. There... This is interesting. You think it, I mean, it could be close? I mean, is it bare, is it with tech, without tech, just Oh, that's a good question. With JD's imagination, <laughs> without JD's imagination. Yeah, I mean, ima- in the past, I guess in the past, what we've done is like, we've said like, you know, let's, let's, let's clear out advantages, right? Mm-hmm. So we're putting them in a ring. So we're putting them into like our world. They're in a ring. They're in a cage match. They're in the octagon. Cage match. They're in the octagon. No tools, right? Let's say no no weapons, no tools. Bare knuckle. Maybe it could be close, but she has combat fighting skill that he doesn't have. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say she's going to be a lot more crafty just on the get-go. But, yeah, but Chris will be, he might be a little more uh, funny. Yeah. Might be like, oh, Chris is doing something, Turk's doing something funny. Honestly, I'll say, if if there's no weapons involved whatsoever, because he is just so much larger than her, it's possible, it's possible that he could win, because just, I mean, she's a she's also like a child during most of Rebels and stuff, she's young, you know, it's like, it's it's such a physical advantage, but I would think outside of that strict scenario, he gets wiped out in every other instance, right? Oh like yeah. There's no. Oh yeah. He, like if he's she has not a any of her armor, any of her weapons, he's not a fighter. She has he's the a dark lover. Saber. Yeah. You know? I mean, he say he puts people back together. I think his mental. I don't think he'd be able to fight. I think taking that oath is gonna put him in a bit of a headspace in a fight. Yeah, dude. There's a Hippocratic oath. Man, I can't remember what he did, but JD made him really mad for a little while. Like JD did something messed up, and then. But but Chris Turk didn't realize like how to let it go. He didn't realize he was still mad at him. So every time he saw JD, he was like, "Hey JD," and he would just like hit him like really hard. <laughs> so I don't know. I think he's got he's actually that's like I will say one of the biggest things about his character because JD is like this like extremely like feminine sensitive man, and Turk is a character who is like that with JD, mm-hmm. but not really anywhere else. And it's like kind of private with JD, and he eventually like he slowly like brings out more and more and more and more like he learns how to like not be that toxic masculine dude, but he actually has like a lot of that aggro masculine in him. And that's like, by the end of the series, he's like even saying to his other bros, like, Hey, let's not be like that. Yeah. But actually because he has that in that, he, he would probably throw down, but I see that. that's cool. Is that, Oh man, that's a, that's a nice, oh, that's nice. I like that. He realizes <laughs> that the, that the, Cause like you like seriously, I think it takes a lot of willpower. Uh, it, growing up in this age, I mean, Christian, we're 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 both men who grew up in this time where there's this weird machismo stuff. That it was kind of oh, yeah. uh, this. Uh, some, well, no, I mean, we're we're growing up in a time where we know that it shouldn't be. That's the difference. It's always been there. Yeah. No, I know, I know. Right? Uh, that's what I'm oh, saying. Yeah, but like, yeah. we never really addressed it. You know, like no. I, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, when, like growing up, Christian, it was like just in our subconscious because we were just raised yeah, that's what we're told all the time exactly yeah so like yeah. to have i mean that's the willpower to see that i think is awesome 
yeah. and change that. It changed almost like the way you were raised and these these enforcements that you've grown up with that have become ingrained in you to then start going against that. It's hard because it's like, yeah, Sabine fights the rebels, but like, man, and she has this interior struggle of of I created something horrible. I have to pay my dues. I have to go make a difference. I need to be better. Yeah. But just, yeah, the, the, it's so hard because it's like plot struggles are good, but man, oh man, the reason why I love narrative yeah. is I, cause I love deep interpersonal stories where characters are really fleshed out and grow. And both of these characters are on TV shows. So we can't put, we can't pit length against each other because no, they both no. have time and they both are, they both are characters that are part of group stories. So, yeah. I think, though, yeah, the fact that that Turk goes through not only dealing yeah, with toxic masculinity, but also relationships, friendships, uh, loss, uh, racism. loss for someone who he doesn't yeah. know. You know what I mean? Like yeah. racism, like, ah, uh, man, that shows so good. Personal relationships. That show is so good. And there's, I'm so happy I'm finally watching it. There's a moment where he and um, Carla. Uh, no, oh my gosh, how am I forgetting her? I, I swear, I swear I have a problem with my brain when it comes to recall of names. It's like the most specific, weird quirk that I have. Uh, JD's, you know, the girl he's always like... Yeah, oh my god. Um, Sarah Chalk's character. I'm it's like blanking K? on her name. I, 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 Carly? Kaylee? Uh, Carla? No, I, I'm, Carla's the series at least twice through. No. No, no it's... Sarah Chalk's character, JD, and... Turk JD and oh my god, that's I'm, gonna drive like, me. It's like, have we even watched the show, dude? Elliot, Jesus, Elliot, Elliot, Elliot that's right. There's an episode. Ugh. There's an episode that like they're arguing for a bit about who has it worse. Like, is it men? Is it is it like black men or is it women? And, and like, because they're just like arguing back and forth. She's like, no, women obviously have it worse, and he's like, no, black people always have it worse. And they're like going back and forth. And they're both like they make some points, and then this woman who is also black like walks by and they're just like they're like yeah okay <laughs> like, but it's it's like funny because he does recognize like a lot of like you know the issues. yeah and he actually has to overcome like a lot of his own sexist stupid things that he says over times so, uh, like like you know because he is just a dumb dude but which, he, like, uh, all of us dudes uh, are because we're all taught the wrong thing and i think i think as a guy part of the reason you see a lot of men like get mad sometimes about it or like being called out on it isn't necessarily because they disagree with it but i think it's because like it does make you feel a little mad that we were taught the wrong thing we were like lied to and we were told to be this thing that is so bad and like why were we taught that and like he does such a good job of doing that without doing the thing of like getting angry of instead like he fails and he has to like deal with other people like being hurt so it's like it's interesting it's more about like how his actions make other people feel is what gets him to change as opposed to like people making him feel bad about making the bad the you know the wrong choices yeah which is like kind of the way you want to frame that and i think maybe that's like what you were saying emily with mm -hmm. like how they can kind of get deeper and more personal it's like yeah sabine does go through those things but it's not maybe quite to the same like personal depth which i think i think maybe that's like the the limiter that sometimes being in those grand epic stories are it's like the plot is so grand epic, that yeah. like yeah you can't sometimes maybe it limits how granular you are with the characters because you don't have to make the characters as like like tactfully interesting right if, like you're so interested in all of the set dressing 
which is why Sabine is great because they still made this amazing character within mm-hmm. Star Wars. Like you could put a junk character in Star Wars and I'll still watch it because the world is so good. Right. Um, who would you rather get a beer with? Like Turk. Turk. I would love to hang out with Turk, dude. Yeah, me too. I did too. We'd eagle all day. You know. Me too. Oh man. How are we feeling? Who's feeling what right now? I mean, I'm feeling, I'm feeling Turk. I'm feeling it too, dude. I'm feeling Turk too. I didn't think this. I thought Sabine was going to get her redemption. Arc I think. Here. I like, think she puts up a really good fight. But I think if you're looking at the ultimate fictional character, like just just Turk is one of those standout. Not even the leads of a show, but a character yeah, who just yeah. goes through so much. And just grows and is just so memorable to this day. Dude, I can't yeah. believe that. Like, honestly, like, I wish I could go back and do the previous fight because, like, and, and now that I know, because uh, you guys na- nailed it. Like, I'm only watched the first season and I'm like, this guy's incredible. Like, this is, and it, and it's the first season, which is supposedly like, like you know, the the, the roughest oh, one. It gets mm-hmm. so much better because. Yeah, they didn't know who a lot of the characters were when the show started. But I think that says it, a lot, man. Like, that's yeah, that's an amazing character. I think it is. I th- I mean, they're both amazing characters, but only one of them can be the ultimate fictional character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Emily, would you like to call this? All right. Um, it looks like this rebels out of the game. Yeah, the eagle, well, that's pretty good. The eagle is soaring to the top. Yeah, taking his rightful place not only as top surgeon, but as top character. We have season. That's right, season three, division two winner going to go up against Snoopy. It's gonna be Chris so hard. Tur- that's a tough fight. That's gonna be a very tough fight. Very two very what characters. The heck? Oh wow! There you have it, yeah. guys. Division two is done. We are halfway through season three. Snoopy versus Chris Turk in the finals. That's a. This is an interesting season. What a matchup! This is an interesting season. Mm-hmm. Speaking of this season, if you guys want to, if you don't, if you haven't thought of anyone, actually, let me start with this. Let me do this first because I promised I would read this out on the show. Uh, it was a correction we got, so let <gasps> me just go ahead. Yeah, so we got a correction. It was oh. about the Snoopy episode. So remember when I was like, "Oh, guys, Snoopy wasn't the Red Baron. He fought the Red Baron. Red Baron was Nazi." Joseph Bowman wrote into us. Finally caught up on the Division One finals. History nerd couldn't hold back. Red Baron was a Polish-born German pilot during World War One. So while you guys were correctly identified him as the German soldier, he wasn't a Nazi. So he fought with the Germans, but he wasn't gotcha. because it was World War One, not World War Two. Gotcha. So that was Austro-Hungarian so, Empire right there. Yeah. There you go. Like when when that happened during the episode, I was like, I was like, should I be cutting this? Because we clearly didn't necessarily know, but whatever, that's fine because we got this great. Hey, note. we learned. And Thank you got, for yeah. correcting us. Um, we appreciate that. So I asked him to add a name to the bucket for thanks for helping. Yeah. And he answered two names. We have Azula from Avatar now. Yes. And uh, the Master Hand from the Super Smash Brothers. Oh, my God. Wow. Which is great. Which actually has some pretty deep lore. Kind of weird. Uh, It's super exciting. And even if it doesn't win, it's going to be fun to talk about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, if you guys want to think anyone while I pull the next names. Oh, yeah. Uh, Emily, you you want to put someone? Um, I had like two in my head. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. 
I don't know if she is in the bucket, but I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a bit of a powerhouse this week. I think you can tell oh me boy. though if she's already been in, put in the bucket. Uh, it is none other than the sweet, sweet Clementine from the Walking Dead Telltale series. No, she's not, but she should. That's be. a great she, choice. I think yeah. Someone may have submitted that in the past. I know it wasn't originally written, so it could be a write-in in there. But either way, we'll just put a second write-in. Yeah, Clementine from the Walking Dead Telltale series. That's a good one. How about you, Matt? Uh, for me, I don't know if we put her in the bucket, but my favorite X-Men character of all time is Kitty Pride Shadowcat. Yeah! She's my favorite character. She has gone through like a lot, but but I think what she's much more interesting because she's not like very... It's not about like her being like a phoenix kind of thing like she's not like ep- like that on the like, epic grand scale she literally goes through these changes in different roles that like changes who she is i think she's really really interesting did you ever watch the x-men show that was like them in high school x-men and, like, evolution had... that yes was that was my x-men yes, yeah it had, like, toad in it too and like Nightcrawler. i loved x-men yeah. evolution and yeah, like Nightcrawler. Every... they had their like nine like late 90s early 2000s clothes and like, they do the episode with Nightcrawler where like time gets slowed down and you see him go through the portal and he goes through this like creepy hell world. Oh, oh yeah, that was that awesome. Was the awesome. demon world. Yeah. Um, I, loved, I love that series. Yeah, so Kitty Pride for me, dude, I love Kitty Pride. She's my favorite. She was good in that series. She's been she a guardian like of the galaxy. She's been, uh, you know, uh, like a le- the leader of the X-Men. She has been like a key component and she's just so cool. So um, do I have someone? I didn't think of anyone ahead of time. What did I watch this last week? Uh, nothing. So <laughs> I did play Donkey Kong Country. So I'm going to enter Cranky Kong oh into gosh. the bucket. Nice. Because why not? That'll be oh, fun. I had one more. Uh, can I add one more? Is that crazy? Sure, dude. Let's do it. Okay. Oh my gosh. Uh, this one. This one. Uh, this is the best way to keep a fall. We just throw them in. It's true, man. This one. Uh, baseball season has started, and I love baseball. It's my favorite sport of all time. Okay. And uh-huh. this character I've always wanted to be when I was growing up. I was like, I looked up to this dude, uh, and I think he's a great leader, and he is emotional. Uh, he's able to, he's very empathetic to others, and is giving. Uh, and I'm talking about Benny the Jet Rodriguez oh, from the that's Sandlot. Good one. Benny the Jet Rodriguez is a very good one. That's awesome. That's my favorite movie of all time, y'all. Uh, and I'm just, just to double down on that, I'm also going to throw Mr. Met into the bucket. <laughs> because that's great that's great i don't know if we have any of those yet um all right so i pulled the next episode okay okay season yes, yes. three division three is gonna start out with chester cheeto Whoa! Oh versus <laughs> detective conan Whoa! oh from case closed <laughs> yeah that's that's you know that's the, big. the classic the classic matchup of chester cheeto versus <laughs> and um that's gonna be followed up by and this is this is the beauty of us like doing these like weekly submissions. Mm-hmm. Tony the Tiger came up, oh, which I just put in in the this last is the most episode. Mascotty season. I love I it. Swear. I love and it. And Doctor Gregory House from House MD. Oh man, oh, I sh- another doctor. I just I'm not into doctor shows. That's another one. I'm like I haven't seen House. It's it's gonna be a fun fight because that is he's basically Sherlock Holmes of medicine. So it's, it's basically two detectives. It's a medical detective. And a kid detective. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, that um, means you're counting Chester Cheeto and Tony the Tiger out. We haven't had those matches. No, no, yet. I'm just saying within the episode. Oh. <laughs> no, are you kidding me? Tony the Tiger? Come on. He's the man. 
Yeah, he's pretty uh, great. Also, like, who doesn't love Cheetos? I mean, right? and th that Chester has gone through a lot. He is like I'm a sure guru now. I'm sure he has some he weird have, lore we're going to discuss. He's got a weird lore, dude. He has a video game. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes, he does have a video game. So there you go. Uh, Guys. Sound off. Where y'all at? Emily, I said your name in the beginning. Why don't you tell everyone you again where they can find you? You can find me at frankly underscore Emily on Twitter. That's where I share articles I write, opinions about video games, silly clips, silly photos of car license plates that I take, and more. You can also listen to me on the Mass Effect Adventum podcast. It's a tabletop RPG uh, podcast set in the Mass Effect world. And of course, you can always catch Naeem, Matt, and I on Hit Points Pod. That's right. We have our anniversary episode, one year, coming back. So coming up. Check coming, up. <laughs> coming back. Check it out. Uh... I'm at Christian underscore Humes and uh, and I'm Alcevedo. Show notes. Yeah, check out the show notes. You, you can find me at the Alcevedo, and here, and all, all the other okay. stuff. And we'll see you guys in the next division. That's right, baby. I can't do this all on my own. No, I know. I'm no, I'm no Superman. No Superman. Dude.